Welcome to the Family Life Church Podcast. We hope you're blessed and encouraged to share this with someone you know. Subscribe or visit thefamilylife.org for more information. I will arise and go to my Father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hard servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Amen. I will arise and go to my father. Talking about shame. Father, I pray right now, every one of us, that we would be touched in our mind and our spirit, our heart, our life, our home, our jobs, everywhere, who we are, what we are, the people around us, the people that we witness to, that would see the witness of our life, God. And I thank you, Lord, that your word, Lord, it is sharper than any two-edged sword dividing asunder the bone and the marrow, the soul, the spirit. It's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of our heart, God. So, Lord, your word goes deep beyond the surface of who we are and what we are. And so I pray it would do that very thing today. To everyone in the sound of my voice, I pray that you would anoint me and anoint this people. Thank you, God, for your anointed word. And I thank you, God, that you have given us hope and that you have given us life. And God, we are so thankful and grateful for all your blessings. You have kept us and you shall keep us, Lord. And we trust in you and we magnify you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. One more time, lift a hand of praise and worship. God, I praise you and worship you. How great are your ways, Lord, and your works to us. And I love you and I thank you. Be glorified, God. Be magnified, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Let the church say amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. It started uh, in the very beginning. The first footfalls of humanity's failures revealed it. If you would please look at this. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Genesis 2, 25. That was the last verse of the second chapter of Genesis. I need you to stay with me here as I lay this groundwork. It only took seven more verses into the third chapter for this to happen. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. It can be easily understood and simply stated by looking at these two verses in reference to the first to the second here, that sin brought shame. Um, Thus began the weary walk of man, constantly like Adam and Eve, trying to cover up their shame. We all have done it. Everybody say me. Everybody else say me. Thank you. Uh, We all have done it. We all do it layer upon layer trying to cover what we don't want to look at or deal with and what we do not want others to see and to know. Shame, shame is, is the suffocating silencing of the soul. It makes us feel like we have to cower in a corner because we're just not good enough or, or simply not enough. It's the past that feels present. I'm speaking to every one of us today, man in the pulpit, everyone in the pew. It's the past that feels present. It's the present place that we think we cannot get past. 
It's, it's the closet with the skeletons in it that we hope that no one ever unlocks. It's the words or the names that we are called or were called that we cannot get out of our memory. It's the abuse at the hands of another that makes us feel like it's our fault. It's the temper that torments us. It's the tongue that we cannot tame. It's the thoughts that we cannot control. Shame is what we think about ourselves. It's what we think others think about us. It's the repeated failures. It's the cycle of sin, the negative talk, the negative thoughts, the lustful look, the lack of love, the hopeless heart. The list goes on and on and on and on. Shame. Shame. Everybody in some way at some time and probably most of the time has dealt with or deals with shame. Yes, we do. It's not something that we admit. It's not something that we advertise. We don't wear a nameplate telling people that we are shamed. But nonetheless, the truth is shame is inseparable from sin. It's like the mud on our shoes that leaves a track and a trail of where we have been. It slows our step in an onward progression. That's what shame does to us. No doubt it must have felt like that. It must have felt like that for the prodigal son, for he had been in the pig pen. Um, I have never been in an actual pig pen, but uh, from what I've seen, smelled and sensed, it's difficult to come out clean. There is always a residue. I thought about about calling the the young kids and asking them about a pig pen that I'd never been because I've talked to them about their pigs in times past, getting a little more inside track. But um, I've I've never been in one, but but I've smelt it. I've I've sensed it. I've seen it. it, and And I realize just by observation, it's difficult to come out clean. There's always that the residue that there's always the residue that gets on you. There were three positions or placement of shame in the story of the prodigal. And I encourage you to take time to read the entirety of this particular passage uh, sometime today. It was first found. The first placement was found in verses 14 and 15. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land and he began to be in want. Everybody say want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. He was sent, now understand this, he was sent into a field to feed swine. This young son who once held the hope of an inheritance in his hands now was being put in a place where he held the slop of swine. Now you can say amen every now and then to this. Doesn't mean you're necessarily guilty. Just means you agree with what I'm saying. So everybody say amen. All right. He was sent to the field to feed the swine. In other words, he was put in a place. I I know, I know he fell. I know he failed, but it was reinforced and it was reminded by another. Shame. Hear me. Shame is often something that is put on us by a sinful world that is attempting to cover its own woes and wrongs. Someone who is inflicting shame is probably inflicted by shame in their own life. Uh, The famine that the son felt was as well being felt by the citizen who had sent him into the field. You understand this word picture that Christ was painting there. The, The very famine that was felt by that citizen who owned the field, it was being placed on the prodigal and the prodigal was put into a place because that same citizen was feeling the shame and thereby it was transferred to the son. 
Look at this, if you would, please. Uh, God's grace, this next slide. God's grace is not just sufficient to save you from sin and shame, but it is sufficient to shield you from sin and shame. Hear me somebody today on the sound of my voice that you've gone through things or you are going through things right now. Don't listen and believe the lies that are trying to be put on you. Do not feel like that you are the victim. One of the greatest tools the enemy is using in people's lives is to make them feel that they are the victim and they can never have the victory. Always defeated by the enemies or another's definition. Come on, that does not have to stick to you. Amen. Jesus did not pay the price for us just to have us constantly feel like a debtor to others and to this world. He conquered. He did not cower. Nor should you and I, for we have his word. We have his blood. We have his name, Jesus Christ. We are overcomers. We are victors through Jesus. Amen. There will always be somebody and there will always be something that is attempting to place shame on another. But shame does not have to be the place and the position and the placement and posture that you and I take. The second placement of shame came from the place, now understand this, I'm gonna shift gears just quickly, came from the place that he had put himself in. Look at this, verse 16. And he would have fain, would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. Now, now we, all need to, we all need to see and understand this. I need you to look at this for a moment. Go a little deeper in your mind. Um, the husks were in his hand. The very, the very place and things that were bringing him shame. Please hear this right now. The very place and things that were bringing him shame were being held onto by his hands. His choices... His choices got him there. Riotous living, famine, failure, all those things contributed to the ultimate destination of that place of shame that he was in. But just as his choices got him there, it would be his choices as well that would free him from it. Look at this in the book of Romans. I know I'm throwing a lot at you today, but here, just bear with me. There is therefore now no condemnation. Everybody say no condemnation. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Hear me about this. Shame is sticky. Like the mire of a pig pen, it gets on us and it's hard to get the stain and the stench off. It, it collects things along the way uh, that we walk. That's why offenses, everybody hear this right now. That's why offenses gravitate to people who are constantly dealing with shame. You find somebody that is constantly offended, I, will, I, I can show you somebody that's probably dealing with some sort of shame in their present life or in their past life. Why? Because shame, however it was inflicted on us or wherever we have placed us, often puts us in a place where things, offenses, feelings, thoughts in our mind, actions in our life gravitate to us and it sticks to us. And all of a sudden, what should not be an offense becomes an offense. What should not be a stone that we stumble over, we trip over. Why? Because shame puts us in a place where we're constantly looking around for something to blame. Somebody to blame. Somebody to point a finger at. Somebody to say it's their fault. Come on, I'm trying to tell you today, you don't have to live in that place of shame. Whoever put you there, or if you put yourself there, you can be free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap their hands right now. Hallelujah. That's why when there is shame in our life, 
for the past or present, whether self-inflicted or by the hands of another, it affects every other aspect of our life. Come on, I've seen it happen to people. I'm seeing it happen to people right now. I mean, when people feel shame, it, it affects everything. It, it, it affects the peri- peripheral of their life. It, 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 it reaches out to other things that should not be, that should not be held on to. Relationships, faithfulness, forgiveness, uh, fears, judgment of others, honesty, loving others, and being loved, feeling worth or feeling worthless. The list could go on and off, on because shame does that to us. It makes us question everything. It makes us cower in intimidation. It makes us feel like everybody's watching us and everybody's got a thought about us. Amen. First of all, I, I, every now and then I'll get to, I, I've told you this before, Simeon Young told me uh, years ago, he said every now and then, he said, you just need to knock yourself off your high horse uh, because the fact of the matter is not everybody's looking at you. Not everybody's thinking something about you. Not everybody's against you. Amen. I don't want to get to thinking that I'm all that important, uh, that that the whole world's... No, 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 no. Come on. That's just shame. Trying to make me feel intimidated. Trying to make me feel worthless. It doesn't matter what they said to you, what name they called you, how they treated you, what's been done. Come on. You can rise above that by the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When you're baptized in the name of Jesus and born of the water and the spirit, shame cannot stick to you anymore. There is therefore now no condemnation. You are covered by the blood. You are covered by his grace. You arise and you go to the father. I need everybody to look at this and understand this point in this particular scripture though, because this is important for there to be the acceptance of, 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 of no condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do what? What's it say? who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For there to be the acceptance of no condemnation, there must be the walking after the spirit. We often stop at that first part. There's therefore now no condemnation. That's, that's, not, that's not the end of what he was saying. He went on to say, for those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. In other words, there is action. There's action in those words. There's a letting go of the shame that you're holding on to and that's trying to hold on to you. There's much, there, there must be the, the effort on your part to get up and walk away from that pig pen. You can't live in that pig pen. You can't live with that feeling. He had to let go of the husks before he could ever hold on to hope. Uh, he had to forsake the pig, pig pen to be able to find the Father's love. Do you understand what the scripture's saying here? At some point, amen, if you are battling shame today, you have got to get up and walk to the Father. You've got to get up and get to the prayer room. You've got to go to that altar. You've got to find that place in your life, in your home, that every time the thoughts come into your mind, you put them out and you put them away and you walk to the one that can forgive you and the one that can cover you and the one that can love you. I will arise and go to my father. Amen. Which leads me to the final placement of shame. And that is home. Look at this. This is going to be difficult. I need everybody to hear this. Now his elder son was in the field and he came and drew nigh to the house. As he did so, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And, 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 and he said unto him, thy brother has come and, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. And he was angry. The elder brother was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and, and entreated him. Now we'll talk more about the, that last verse in another day. Um, he had the inflicted shame. Understand this, this progression, this placement. He had the inflicted shame of another. He had the inflicted shame of self. And now 
from the one that should be called family, he had the inflicted shame of a brother. The elder brother was in the field doing the work that no doubt he thought that the younger brother should have been doing. He had been faithful, fulfilling the responsibilities, deserving the divine favor. And when he heard, and when he heard of the prodigal's return, he would not go into the house where he was. Though the prodigal was no longer in the pig pen, the elder brother was still trying to keep him there. He was in the house. The servants were in the house. There was music. There was dancing. There was rejoicing. There was celebration, which is what these three parables are really about. It was about the response of the church. But nonetheless, there was the elder brother walked up to the porch. He hears what's going on. He asked the servant and they tell him and, and he just begins to pout and fume and fight and fuss. And he's not going to go into the house and the father has to come out to where he's at. Make him pay his dues. He's no longer in the pig pen, but the elder brother's going to keep him there. Make him pay his dues. Remind him of his riotous living. Don't cover anything up. Keep it exposed for all to see. That has been, that has been the posture and the position of too many in the church. The spiritual home where restoration should be found we keep the shame of sin exposed when it should be covered. We want penance paid in a time and in a way that meets our standards. But all the while, hear me, all the while the elder brother was in the field justifying his worthiness by his works, he missed the moment that the father called for the robe to cover his resurrected son. This was a type of the church. It cannot be, it must not be, that the church sits as judge, jury. Anybody hearing what I'm saying today right now? The church cannot sit as judge, jury, and executioner over the prodigal that comes back home. You and I were not put in this place to uncover. We were put in this place to cover. We weren't put in this place to judge anybody in or out of heaven, put them in heaven or hell. We weren't, we weren't put here to tell them how to live or how not to live. You know what we were put here for? We were put here that when they come home, you and I go get the calf, the robe, the ring, the shoes, amen. We make sure that there's a celebration. We love them back to God. We cover them up, amen. We take away that shame by the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. My. Look at this, if you would, please. This is what the book of First Peter says, and above all things, and above all, everybody say above all things. Come on, lift your hand up there and do it. Above all things, not just on that mediocre ground, that, that, that place where everybody, no, no, above all things, amen. Above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall do what? It shall cover a multitude, the multitude of sins. Oh, we the home, that's you and I, the household of faith, the brothers and the sisters, the family of God, we are called to cover, not convict. Come on, I'm talking to first, second, third, and fourth, maybe fifth generation Pentecostals in the sound of my voice. Hear me right now, we are called to cover not convict. There has been generations before that felt that they were called to convict, not cover. But I'm telling you, according to the word, above all, above everything else that we're to preach, above everything else that we're to do, we are called to cover with love. This is not a place of shaming. This is a place of saving. 
He told the servants to bring the robe and to put it on him. Our place is to get the robe and to cover people up. Amen. We are to cover people with love and to restore them, not to indict and expose them. Understand this. We are called to cover people. We are called to cover the past of people. We're not called to have conversations at a tabletop or in a pew. I don't know how my time is. I'm hurrying here. We're not called to, to look at, at, at when somebody says, well, who is that over there? Well, you know, that's brother or sister such and such. But you know what they used to do. And you know what they did. And you know what made them leave the church. And you know what made them backslide. And you know what was in there. No, no, no. That's not who we are. We look at them and say, who's that over there? Hey, that's brother. That's brother and sister such and such. They're covered by grace. We love them. God's been merciful to all of us. We're all sinners saved by grace. Amen. You would. Salvation is not just a destination, but it is a way of living. Yeah. Amen. More important. Everybody needs to hang on to this. And I know somebody's going to take this wrong. I, I probably shouldn't even say it, but I, I'll go on and say it. I will tell you, amen, that this lifestyle that we are to live uh, in love is more important than a lifestyle of holiness that we think should be before love. Love always comes before holiness. I mean, because God is love. Amen. We'll never understand the holiness of God until we first understand the love of God, because we really are not holy if we're not loving. We can have everything down pat. We can have every lifestyle in place, but if we're not loving, that's just actions. That's just a suit we're putting on on Sunday. Come on, you gotta love your brothers and your sisters. Whether you agree with them or not, whether you like them or not, you gotta love your brothers and sisters. You gotta cover them with love. Amen. Amen. Because salvation is not a destination, it is a way of life. It is a lifestyle that we live. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. The message of the cross is a message that not only saves you and I from sin, but it saves us in the journey. It saves us from shame in the journey. There is no more condemnation. There is no more shame. Musicians, if you would, please. There is no more shame. You don't have to constantly, please, everybody stick with me right now as they're coming. You don't have to constantly feel defeated and lost because that is the motive and the intent of shame. It wants you to feel like that you are hopeless and you are lost. It wants you to feel like that you cannot get out and get away from whatever it is that's making you feel that shame. But the truth is there is a father who runs to you and kisses you and loves you. And no matter how dirty you may feel, that doesn't matter to him because his love will cover all that shame and save you. He didn't make that boy go take a bath. He went and got the best robe and put it on him right straight from the pig pen. Where are we, church? We need to love one another, understand the father's love. He covers us. For all who have felt, I'm done. Just one more scripture. And I hope you, I hope you read this in every translation. I'm gonna, I think I had you put it down for the NLT today, but um, I hope you go and read this in every translation because you're gonna be blessed by it. For all who have felt the weary weight of shame, and that's every one of us, at some point, in some way, read this with me and hold to the hope God is offering to you. Instead of shame, and dishonor, you will enjoy double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. One translation goes through this passage and talks about because you've been shamed, because you felt shame, 
Because, because somewhere along the way, somebody put you in a place or you put yourself in a place or some home put you in a place. Somebody somewhere where you should have been at home, you felt shame. Because you, you felt that shame. God said, I, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you double honor. What, what was taken away from you, I'm going to give it back. But not only am I going to give it back, I'm going to give you double. I'm going to bless you with an increase of what you feel that was taken from you. Hear me, somebody. Whatever was done to you, whatever was said to you, whatever you feel about your past or your present, whatever's going on in your life right now, if it's shame for some reason, I'm telling you, you can run to God with everything that's broken and everything you don't understand and, 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 and more than likely so, none of it's true. But the truth of the matter is, what is true today is a covering of love. That everybody in this place, I hope, hears me right now. We're gonna cover you with love. We're not gonna judge you out of the church. We're not gonna kill you. We're not gonna kick you when you're down. We're not gonna say that you're lost or they're lost or hopeless. No, no, no. What we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna open the door. We're gonna tell you to come on in. We're gonna tell you there's a fatted calf that's been killed and waiting. We're gonna eat. We're gonna celebrate. We're gonna rejoice. Why? <laughs> because there's a ring, there's some shoes, and there's a robe made just for you. Come on, somebody that's dealt with shame. That should be everybody. I want you to lift your hands with me right now. Come on. All, all you mothers, all you fathers, all you people that's dealing with shame. And it, and it doesn't have to be spiritual. It might be physical. It might be the way you feel about your mind, your body, your life, your home, your family. It might be that, that somewhere somebody said something. Come on, you don't have to be shamed today. There's therefore now no condemnation. Amen. There's, there, you, you, that's not going to stick to you anymore because the blood of Jesus Christ, it's, it's too powerful. The cross was, was too wonderful. Amen. Oh, come on right now. The word, it, it's, it's, it's too effective for it to stick to you. Come on, I need somebody standing to their feet with me all over this house. You don't have to, you don't have to be burdened by shame anymore. You can be set free. Come on, as they begin to sing right now, make your pew a place of prayer. Begin to pray and ask God, God, Come on, that failed relationship, you don't have to feel shame over it. That, that divorce, that, that child that, 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 that went away, that, that, that loved one that didn't treat you right, that, those names that you were called, that place you were put in at work. Amen, come on, none of, none of that shame. Say what you've done, the wrongs, amen, how you were. That doesn't have to be you. That's not what defines you. Come on, pray right now. Sing, hallelujah, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are the answer. I thank you, Lord, that you are the one. Oh, God, that we can look to and we can trust in God and that you never fail us. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ right now that somebody in the sound of my voice that is bound by shame in whatever capacity God...